In our latest episode of One Adoption Chat, we meet Amanda. Amanda started her adoption journey after first going through fertility treatment. One of the issues raised in today's episode is post-adoption depression, which some adopters face in the early days after their child first moves in, and is real and can be very scary, but help is available. So thank you for joining us, Amanda. Thank you for having me. So um, maybe let's start by hearing a bit about your um, adoption journey so far. Um, so what led you to adoption in the first place? Um, I guess it was something that had always intrigued me. I'd always kind of been in the, in the back of my mind. Um, uh, I, have a, I have quite a large family with a lot of um, siblings and nieces and nephews. Um, so it's always something that I kind of saw for myself being a mum. And then when things didn't work out uh, for me on a, a, you know, kind of natural, natural kind of journey, um, adoption was the, you know, the next thing that I wanted to kind of explore really. Um, Didn't, didn't go into it with any idea of what, you know, what might happen. I was all obviously very, you know, aware of you know adoption um and what i thought it might be about um but yeah i just i just went along well made a phone call initially went along to one of the events with the local council and um it started from there really and the more i kind of went along the more intrigued i got and the more i wanted to uh you know know about it and what, what what we could do so yeah that that was kind of the very very beginning of the um adoption journey for us really so i understand that you um you did look into ivf in the first place so i was just wondering um when you made the decision not to progress with ivf sort of did you did you feel you needed to do any sort of preparation um to then get yourself ready for uh, for taking on the uh, the adoption process yeah, so we did one round of IVF, um, so which wasn't which wasn't successful, and at that point we were told that you know obviously we could try again, but it probably would be the same results. So it was kind of, do you want to put yourself through, <clears throat> you know, through all that again? Because obviously IVF is quite a difficult journey in itself, um, and the answer was obviously no. It, you know, as as upsetting as it was, and as a difficult period of time as it was um we decided that wasn't the best the best thing to do um and to then focus on the on the adoption really um i think we got a lot of advice from social workers um part in parts of the adoption team just to just to make sure that i was a hundred percent ready um because obviously there is that element of still grieving for the family that you thought you might have <clears throat> in a different way um just to just to make sure that all that had kind of settled really before um we kind of embarked on the adoption process so i think they, they they kind of give you you know kind of say look you know six months just to kind of process everything and what you know what you kind of have just been through um which is a huge thing and then obviously going through the adoption process which is a huge journey as well so you you do need to be ready so yeah the preparation was kind of around trying to make sure i dealt with um the loss of not being able to have a 
family myself um naturally before i embarked on the the adoption journey yeah so lots of talking and lots of um you know information sharing and, and things like that so in the early days um of adoption when you were thinking about the the child that you might go on to adopt did you have a fixed idea of who that child might be so in terms of age or ethnicity or whether they might have he- any health issues I guess you, you kind of like to say no but I, I, you know we all have we all have kind of you know things that we're more comfortable with if you like if things that we can accept more we can deal with i had no experience of looking after a child with a disability for instance um so you know obviously for me there there may have been some kind of discussions around that in the beginning um i think we did kind of ask for um a child who was you know young or younger because obviously as everybody going into the <clears throat> adoption process I guess they want to feel what it's like to have a baby as well you know not not everyone's going to be the same you know but it depends on your own personal journey but obviously that nurturing that bringing the, the baby up part of it um it will be important to some people so that's what that's that those are the kind of thoughts I was having at the time um I guess I did I, I was kind of favouring a girl at the time because we had a lot of girls in our family and that's, that's again, I was kind of used to, you know, looking after lots of nieces and things like that. So, again, from a personal point of view, I had my own ideas. Um, but that wasn't to say I was very much like, no, absolutely not having that or you know and it and it does feel almost like um a shopping list and it sounds awful but it you know at the time when you're doing it you, you do it does feel like you know tick for that cross for that and it, it just feels really kind of strange and something that you have to kind of get your head around at the, at the beginning um because we're talking about a, a a little person you know um but yeah in terms of you know in terms of you know my family have kind of dual heritage in the, you know in there and i know obviously you know um culturally culturally and things like that with you know adoption is is tried to to kind of keep the same cultures together but i i that didn't that didn't kind of bother me because we have dual heritage in our family um but yeah so there were there were a few things you have to think about in the beginning um but, you know, we, we got a lot of support with that as well. Would you want to um, talk about a bit about the matching process when you were um, matched with your uh, your first child? Yeah, so we were, um, the, when we first went through the um, initial process, unfortunately, we had a bit of a gap because um, I'm, I'm not 100% sure of the reasons why now. It's not, it's not it's not a hundred percent memory is not great around that time but I think it was a there was a delay with um, a social you know getting a social worker and things like that so we had probably around two years you know 
two years to wait after we went to the initial so it was a long time then you know that is a long um, time yeah yeah so we kind of you know you have to put it back you know back back of your mind i know things are a lot quicker now um but then we were just about to go away for a week and we got a phone call to say that there's a possible match and um they sent through the the paperwork of um of a young you know a little girl so we were able to take that way on holiday, read through it properly, process it, have a look, see if we thought, um, you know, with the, the the history and everything else, would 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 it be a good match for our family? Um, and it was the only only one we received, and um, and it was the one that we said yes to. So it was quite, you know, quite. I, I'm not sure if luck is the right word, but um, yeah, we were quite pleased that we didn't have to to go through a lot of different, you know, kind of um, potential matches. We said yes to the, to the first one, so that was really lovely. And after your daughter first moved in with you, um, did you face any particular challenges? Yeah, I think, um, you know, looking back, obviously, at the time you don't realise when, you, when you're in it yourself, you kind of know there's something you recognise is something not quite right because it's not what you expected it to be like. So our daughter was nearly two um, when she moved in with us and she'd been with the same foster carers from birth. Um, so she'd had a really good relationship with them. Obviously, she was nearly two years old and she'd been brought up, you know, with with this family who she was very, very close to. So the actual transition to us was quite a difficult one um in terms of emotionally you feel like you know guilty that you've almost taken her away from somebody even though she's coming to you for for the forever you know family you do feel that guilt um and take on everybody else's emotions as well i guess you know from the foster family because it was difficult for them um but then when when she first came I was a bit I think I was just a bit hesitant I guess and also wasn't sure what to do with a a ready-made family because you know she was nearly two um so I went I went through some difficult times um and it was a social worker it kind of said to me that you you're not right and I can see that there's something you know, not a hundred percent, and there was that difficulty with the bonding and the initial attachment. Um, <clears throat> so, I ended up going to the GP on the on the advice of the social worker at the time, and you know, it was said that it was um, most likely post adoption depression, which I'd never kind of heard of at that time because I thought, well, how can you have you know, obviously we've heard of postnatal depression um, and you think, well, how can that happen? But, you know, it is it is something that's real. And I just think it's something that, you know, people need to be aware of, but not frightened of. And, you know, it's something that you will get through. And thankfully I did and everything's absolutely fine now. So, yeah. So what support did you receive at the time? Um, well, the social worker that I had was very, very good. Like I said, she was the one that recognised it. I, I do, I do have a very supportive family and and friends, 
and my best friend also was very supportive at that time and recognized that it wasn't it wasn't me because obviously quite um <clears throat> naturally a caring um you know giving person so recognize that was totally against you know what i what i am normally like um so in that respect realized that i probably did need some help with it and it wasn't something that i could just deal with myself um so <clears throat> i did get some help from the gp in terms of support and also um you know some kind of medication at the time really just like antidepressants um and you know the, it worked you know it worked and soon realized that um that there was something you know that i didn't recognize at the beginning um but like i said luckily i had people around me that recognized it and the social worker was obviously very very good at a job she'd been in the job for a long time and she was amazing and um i don't think if it was for her um then i probably would have got help as quick really so thankfully she recognized the signs yeah definitely um and i understand, i understand you went on to adopt for a second time so do you want to um tell me how that happened yeah sure so um we'd had um our daughter for nearly five years well she was she was nearly five and we got a phone call from a social worker to say that um biological dad um was in a new relationship and they were due to have a baby um in the next couple of months and he'd made a request that um the new baby be placed with his daughter um so they rang us obviously and asked us if that was something we would consider if we were in a position to do um and we had a, a talk about it and and thought it was a good idea that you know the siblings grew up together um and you know it would it it would be something that we you know we'd we'd be happy to do so yeah we we agreed um and obviously at that time things had moved on and progressed quite a lot in terms of the processes and um you know the panel in dates and things like that so this happened quite quickly in comparison so he came to live with us um when he was um seven seven months um so yeah so he it was two totally different processes in terms of the adoption process and obviously two different two different kind of relationships from my point of view obviously this was a lot easier um, because we'd gone through the adoption process um, already. So we knew what to expect. There wasn't as much pressure there. Um, and obviously he was younger. Um, so yeah, so it was, it was a total, two totally different adoption experiences, I would say, yeah. Do you have any uh, contact with, uh, with birth family at all? No, we are, well, only in terms of letterbox. <clears throat> so I write a letter every year um, to both sets of parents. Um, and that's, uh, that's just once a year from both children. So, yeah. So what advice would you give to someone who's thinking of adopting a child? What, what kind of thing do you think you wish you'd have known at the time? I would probably have 
in hindsight now, which is obviously to say hindsight is a wonderful thing, isn't it? But I guess that's all we've got to go on. I think in hindsight, I would have probably given myself a bit longer. I mean, like I said, that's my own personal journey. And I had tried for a baby through IVF. Not everyone's going to obviously have the same journey as me, but um, I probably would have waited because I, looking back, I don't think I had 100% dealt with it. And I think that kind of fed into the post-adoption depression as well. So I don't think I gave myself enough time. So I think really 100% need to be ready, you know, so you can you can be fully committed to the adoption process. Um, you know, you need to not have any thought disturbances around anything else that's kind of going on in your life. You need to be 100% ready um, and 100% committed as well. You know, because it is, it does take up um, a lot of your time. You know, a lot of your life at that at that moment. Um, so you do need to be ready for it, um, but also not to be not to be scared. You know, not to be frightened of it. I think a lot of people are a bit worried about it and like worried about what people are going to think about them. It can be quite invasive. You know, someone going through your history, um, but. You know, it's a very supportive process. You know, you're not judged. You know, it's not kind of, you know, it's not some, if you, you know, if you have had, you know, a difficult childhood yourself or you've got, you know, there's some things that you might be worried about, it, you know, don't be worried about that because there's a lot of support there and and the social workers will really talk you through through it. Um, and don't, and, you know, if if you do have something in your background don't let it put you off. You know, don't don't think that, oh, I'm never going to be able to adopt because of, you know, there are obviously certain restrictions, I'm sure there are, but if there's something or you've just got a doubt, then still make the call, you know, just just kind of, if it's something you really, really want to do, um, just don't be frightened, just go for it and enjoy enjoy the journey. There's a lot of support there. Um, so yeah, I think I think that those are the main kind of points I would I would say for somebody to you know if they're wanting to adopt or be interested in adopting, it's yeah, a it's a wonderful thing you know it's amazing. That's really good advice. Thank you. I was just thinking in terms of, sort of parenting an adopted child, um, how have you found that to be different? This is this is the main thing. It's taken a long time to to kind of come come to terms with in 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 relation to I guess advice from outside sources if that makes sense because you don't always know 100% um you know the full details and history potentially so there's that that you might need to kind of just be prepared for just research 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 look into every possible option that you can. These children are with you for life. They're your children. So you need to be committed and, you know, go on this journey with them. Um, and if that if that includes training, um, you know, on, on a specific thing, then that's what you need to do. You know, you need to 
you know, you need to be 100% committed. Um, I think there are there are times that you might face where people will, people will kind of think you over-exaggerate behaviour. You know, I've had it quite a lot where people have kind of said, oh, oh, my child does that. Oh, it's normal. Well, don't you think that's an age thing? All, all kind of, while you're thinking deep down, I can, I appreciate where you're coming from, but no, it's not, and 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 I know it's not. And this has been, this is the longest journey, really, in terms of if your child does need some extra help or um, maybe any assessments for neuro neurodiversity, for instance. Um, <clears throat> just get as much help as you can. Just go to support groups. Adoption support groups are fantastic because you are surrounded by like-minded people who get it. You know, I think it can feel quite isolated if, for instance, for me, I'm the only person in my family who's adopted, um, you know, who's adopted children. So it could be quite isolating because no, nobody really gets it unless you adopt a child. Um, so I would say the adoption support groups are a fantastic, you know, resource because you will you will you will feel held and comforted and like you're not you're not going crazy basically. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it makes you feel less isolated. But don't, don't also don't ever doubt yourself. You know, make sure that you if you think something's right, you're probably right. Don't don't doubt yourself just because other people might. You know, not agree with you. Yeah, that's that's great advice. Brilliant. Okay, well, I think that's that's everything for today. So thank you so much for joining us. No problem. Thank you for having me. If you're interested in finding out more about adopting with one adoption, please come along to one of our information events. You can find out more about our information events or the South Yorkshire information video on the events page on the One Adoption website.